Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? It's Calm Down, it's only an opinion podcast. I'm your host, Grim. DMY back, you know what it is. I'm still here. Coming at y'all with another episode. Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2022. Yes, sir. You ain't got no air horn. Nothing that you're going to like. <laughs> that, that, that definitely sounds like a squeaky hinge, but okay. <laughs> yeah, man. It's 2022, man. We're going to try to hit y'all with a lot of episodes. I actually wanted to talk to y'all about something, man. I can actually put this on, man. Um, you can put he throw on us on us, like, on the spot. Like, yeah, I don't know man. what he's going to um, say. <laughs> um, I, I talked to some people, man. How would y'all feel about interviewing two police officers from different races? Oh, I know a couple. I already talked to them. I've already, yeah. I mean, I don't mind doing it. I don't mind doing it. They gonna check my background before they come in? <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I don't think so. But <laughs> only wanted, child got everything he wanted. Squeak clean. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, put that out there. I was talking to some people today, and uh, I found two individuals that are um, that have parents who are police officers. So I was going. So to, would you now? I guess will we make this a two part thing? Will we have yeah two part one on one and then the other one on the other? Okay. Yeah, yeah I was gonna call it. Uh, part one was going to be black and blue, and the other one was going to be white and blue. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because both of them offer a perspective as far as what it is like being an officer, yeah. but the perspective of race playing into exactly. it too. Exactly, exactly. So yeah, that. more to come with that, man. You know, if we if we we able to pull that off, we'll definitely let you guys know about that because I definitely want that's something I definitely want to do. I want to try to do more interviews this year. Just at least get out there and talk to people, and you know, make this more interesting and get different perspectives. We got to interview Pinky. People who actually matter. <laughs> <laughs> Which pinky are we talking about? Because like two came to mind. We got it. Pinky. Which pinky are you talking about? You know about? what pinky I'm talking about. I, I'm afraid I know what pinky you're talking about. <laughs> I know you ain't talking about the pimp. Nah. Okay. And we, okay. Next thing you know, you were talking about, yeah, we talking about check. We gonna talk to Cherokee too. I know, right? Woo. <laughs> On to current event. Jada Fire. <laughs> but you gonna name them all at this point. So uh My well. Check it right here. Go go. Um 14-year-old <laughs> team um that was uh killed by a stray bullet at Burlington by the police. This what was this at? This was New York. California. California, okay, cool. That was, I don't even remember. But yeah, so basically there was a 14-year-old teen who was um, killed by a stray bullet. Um, apparently there was an active shooter call. The police responded to an active shooter call at Burlington. Um, they got there, and upon arrival, they were taking active shooter protocols. They identified the suspect who had a bike lock, if I'm correct. Yeah. And a chain. No. It was just a bike lock. It's, this, it's that single circular one? That wraps around and just plugs in. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Kind of got like a heart plastic yeah. wrapped around. It's that. It wasn't a lock and a chain. It was because you, you imagine a lock and chain is is yeah, a deadly weapon, head, yeah. right? Now this got some weight to it, but it's that one that's like the hard plastic, and you just click it into itself. Okay, gotcha. So um, bike lock, um, and he was beating a woman when they got there. They beat um, a couple people. Beating a couple people. I'm sorry. And apparently, um, when the police got there, they told did they tell him to put the bike lock down? Did they yell any command? I saw the video. Yeah, no, they, I'm pretty they, sure. They followed that protocol as far yeah. as yelling commands yeah, like that. Yeah, yelling commands at him and stuff like that. And then um, when he refused to do so, they opened fire. Oh, one police officer opened fire. I don't think it was more than one. It was just one, wasn't it? I think it was one. Um, 
anyway, they opened fire and the police officer ended up shooting. Um, the stray bullet ended up hitting another individual and there was a mother, I'm sorry, there was a mother and a teenager sitting in the dressing room. They were taking cover. Um, taking cover from what was going on and they were, um, straight bullet hit the teen and killed him. Yep. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> my question is, in this situation, I, I think there were a couple different aspects to it and I want to understand, I wanted you guys' opinion on it. The police were when the person who called, I don't know who called from the Burlington, I think it was a manager, but when they called, they did state that there was an active shooter. So when the police arrived, they were under the impression that there was somebody there shooting at that Burlington. The question I have for you guys is, once they got there and nobody identified a gun, how should do? How do you feel they should have proceeded? I feel like... They did everything correctly up until the point they opened fire. Everything was like you you found a threat. I would agree. You, you you had your guns on him, trained on him, fine. But when you see he doesn't have a weapon, and I get the idea that you don't know, completely understand, you never know, got something in his back pocket, whatever the case is. I get that. But you're in a popularized place. You you don't you don't you can't control where your bullet going. You gotta have that that you gotta be able to think about what's past that. This is not a house. It don't have brick walls that could potentially stop the bullet. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it is it's way more that you're in a popularized place where people are probably hiding. I feel like they did everything right up until the point where they opened fire. Go ahead, please. I would agree with that. Um, but they were still. Whoever called it in did say there was a shooter, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying. They did everything right. But the thing is, is you and when you got on scene, you don't hear any gunfire. There was zero gunfire. And then even when you see your your the, the perp, he doesn't have a gun. He has a lock in his hand. It could be concealed, though. Correct. And that's why I said they did everything up until the point they fired. Because they fired because he wouldn't drop the lock. Not because he pulled a gun out. I think my question is, and this is def- and this is another reason why I want to interview like police officers to understand their thought process when it comes to these certain type of situations, is my thing is, at what point as a police officer are you putting yourself in the line of fire? Or put- I, don't, I don't know a better. I guess I don't know a better way to say it. But when are you sort of kind of putting yourself at risk over the other people? And then also the other thing that I find interesting is that. As a civilian, when you go to training of classes and things of that nature, when it comes to firearm training, one thing they always tell you to do is confirm what's beyond your target. And that's um, something that I, I guess I, that sort of kind of throws me off is because anytime, if you look at any um, training class about firearms, when it comes to civilians, they're all they always drill into <clears> your head, <throat> take consideration what's beyond your target. So I would say that, because I, I can't necessarily speak for them as a whole. Um, my job as a corpsman, I am, depending on the situation, I am both medical and I could potentially be like a pseudo cop, mm. depending on the situation. There was a situation years back in, uh, in Florida that, um, Florida man. shut up. I knew that was coming. <laughs> uh, there was a situation that happened some years back, uh, down in Florida where these kids stole a car. They, they robbed the guy, they jumped the guy. He was giving them a ride and they essentially, threw him out the car and he stole the car. Mm. They drove it into a golf course into the water mm. and the parents were up mad at the cops for not jumping in the water and pulling the kids out. Mm. Um, 
I'm not mad at them for that because you can't just run into a scene that's that's They're criminals at that time. Well, it's not even about them being criminals because regardless, like, and that's why I say I'm half and half because as a medical professional, I'm supposed to try to save anybody they put in front of me. I can't, I can't choose like that. It's my job to keep them alive as best as I can. But at the same time, you can't approach a scene where you're not sure of the danger. So they're in the, this water. This is Florida. It's full of gators. You don't know what's in that water, so you putting yourself in danger by going in there. And yes, again, they they are criminals at that point, but you're putting yourself in danger regardless, trying to get in there and and pull them out of that water when you don't know what's going on in there. Now, at the same time, I don't know why they just didn't open the door. The the kids that was in there, open the door. Did they die? I believe they drowned. Oh wow! Because they didn't open the door. So here, so I, I mean, I get, I get that situation. I mean, I guess my question is, when you're, lo- when you're looking at the the Burlington situation, what I'm getting at though is, at this point, when you pull up, you have however many victims, right? That the assailant has already hit or you know assaulted or whatever that nature, right? Right. So at what point do you insert yourself to ensure that no one else gets hurt? He is using the deadly weapon. Ish. Yeah, but what I'm saying though is that it's gonna hurt. Ish. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes. You can beat is somebody it, to death with that. Exactly. How many cops are in there? Though? Exactly. And then like, you can beat somebody. Like beating is not one hit. That's just hit. And the thing about it is, if he's swinging a bike lock and he hit one officer, what's stopping the other three or four that were there from taking him down? While Plus, a lot of them are chained in hand-to-hand combat. So why can't you just take them down? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Again, I understand the fact that he don't have a weapon, uh, that you don't know if he has a weapon or not, which is probably why they wouldn't approach any closer. But, but that's then, why you have your non-lethal. But then the question is, is that in that situation, right? And, then, and, then, and this is how I think about it. In that situation, if you're reporting to an active shooter, you have protective gear on just in case you have, you by chance you do get shot. Depending on what they're running, though. That protective gear is only so protective. Yeah, but what I'm saying, though, is that you're talking about a, a bulletproof vest, possibly, or whatever that nature, right? Right. Now, I'm not saying you're going there to get shot, but I'm saying that... If, number one, if you know this person possibly has a gun and you can't identify that weapon, to me, in, in my in my head, the way I would think is I need to treat him as if he does not have a firearm. See, so we, I need to- and, and that's why I'm saying I'm on the other side of that because we're trained to approach every situation as if they do. You don't know for certain that they don't, so... But then that's how you end up with civilian I, And I, I completely get that, but that's why I'm saying if... From depending on the distance, I would say take that play because I don't remember how far apart they were. Depending on the distance, if I don't see a weapon on there, again, I would have tased this behind. He would have got tased or sprayed something else. I would have sprayed him and then rushed him. But the question, but the question at that point is too, is that as a police officer, would I rather, would I rather me having on bulletproof vest or equipment or whatever that like that? Would I rather me get shot and, and have a higher chance of surviving? Than the civilian getting shot. I think a lot, and I can't say this for certain, but I think a lot of their training and a lot of the mindset is is do whatever it takes to go home. Mm-hmm. So is is that I'm not saying this is the case, but I personally feel like it, it, that a lot of them their mindset is I have to protect everybody else. Is I need to go home because as far as the military goes, as far as my job goes, for me it's the opposite. I need to make sure my guys survive. I need to, I need to get them home. That's why my job as a corpsman or any corpsman, we rush towards the bullet. So somebody like me, I'm more likely to do what you're saying because I'm thinking about the safety of everybody else. But that's because that's my job. That was my job's mentality versus versus the police officers where they're trained to go home. 
So they're that, thinking that, that, that home defeat, every night. That, well, no, but no, no, and I know it does. That that solely defeats the purpose of the police. And I, but I think that's, <laughs> and I said that's why I think where that mindset is a lot of time is, I don't want to get shot. I don't want to die. I got a family at home. I got whatever at home. So it's me or you. And in this case, unfortunately, that also included this 14-year-old girl. But me as an individual, my mindset, because of my training, I'm running, I run towards the bullets. That is my job. My job is to go over there 50, 100 yards to go drag this injured Marine back over to safety and then patch I mean, him up. Granted, granted, I'm not a police officer, so I can't sit back and say that, you know. Um, I don't even, and I can't even say it's a cop thing. I think it's a, it is an individual thing, too. Because you had corpsmen that, basis, that yeah. couldn't, that wouldn't do that. They got in a firefight and they hit. Again, I can't, I'm not a police officer, so I can't purposely, I can't specifically say. That was not me that hit, <laughs> if that's what you're trying to say anyway. I can't specifically say that, you know, I, I don't know what went through their head at the time, but I guess my thing is that as a police officer, knowing that I have a higher chance of being protected if I do get shot, because unless this dude is just some crack shot that's just going to pop me in the head. Most you know, people got hollows these days, so. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean, anything. still, but I mean, if you got hollows and hit a vest, you know, you still have a, a chance of surviving rather than hitting the naked flesh. Because the thing about it is you got civilians who don't have equipment on, and if you shooting and a straight bullet hit a civilian, they have a higher chance of dying than you do if you get hit with a vest. Mm-hmm. Right, like I said, I completely understand where you come from. That's just, that's just I, I, I think the mindset of a lot of them are like that. Because you got ones who do run into stuff like, who will do that to protect everybody else. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of everybody, but I think it's the, the ones who are more likely to put themselves online to protect the bigger picture, mm. they're few, far in between. I believe that. Well, on to the next uh, current event. We got um Kim Potter, if anybody knows that name. This is Kim the, Possible? Kim Potter. <laughs> this is the um, <laughs> young lady or the police officer that um, shot and killed Dante Wright. Um because she confused her non-lethal with her Correct. lethal. She confused her non-lethal with her After lethal. training individuals for years. So here, here's the thing. So I'm, I'm That's all, what I don't get. So now, now see, and, 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 and this is That's another reason why I want to... This is another reason why I want to interview police officers. Because I talked to... I talked to an individual who said that he asked his um, parent about the situation. And they stated that... At least their police, their their job, um, they do very little non-lethal training. <clears throat> but they always have lethal training. Like, they have to do marksmen and stuff like that. So they It train. takes a lot more qualifications to, to exactly. do lethal training than non-lethal. So for most times, they, their training... Reflexes is to grab lethal. Exactly. Reflexes to grab lethal. Because that's what they've always trained. That's what they have to do on a regular basis and things of that nature they don't do as much non-lethal training. So from a reflex standpoint, um, the individual is saying that by nature, it's possible that she she literally just reached for it because that's what... But, and that's the thing trained. is, I will I will accept that answer versus I thought I grabbed my non-lethal. Like, I will accept that this is... She got found guilty, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it's going to get into. And I will accept on reflex... Because I've, I've done that before where on reflex, I've reached for something that's not there anymore. So I, I understand that reflex is to do X, Y, and Z. You're not thinking about it. It's not a, it's not something you think about. It's something that your your body does yeah. by itself. So I would accept it that versus I thought I grabbed my non-lethal. Like, no, you you thought you grabbed a taser? Come on. Yeah. Don't it feel different? 
Completely. I mean, yeah, it could feel different too, but it I, looked different. I, so like, it does. Yeah. Here's, here's here's the thing that I say too. So for, let me, let me for, for everybody who wants to know, she um basically what happened is they had a traffic stop in the situation, and the police officer was actually training another individual too. This was sort of kind of messed me up too. Um, she was training. She was training another rookie police officer, um, and they did a traffic stop for a young for a gentleman. Now, what I did not know, did y'all know his warrant was for? No. Apparently, apparently his warrant was for um, domestic violence or armed. It was, um, I think, it was armed robbery, um, for like his girlfriend or something like that, where he had beaters. And, and I had to look that part up because I wanted to say because a lot of people were saying that he was a dangerous criminal, and I'm like, what do you mean he's a dangerous criminal? He had a violent offense on. on he had a warrant on for record. a violent offense. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't. I don't want to go and get into and say exactly what it was because I don't remember per se. But he had a violent offense on record. I get that, but that's not the point. Correct, because correct. it could have been a simple traffic stop for any random individual. Correct. correct. What I'm saying though is that. So, um, but w- anyway, um, it was a traffic stop. Um, he tried to flee the traffic stop. He tried to leave, and she says she was going for her taser, and she yelled "taser," but she grabbed her firearm and shot it. So. Long story short, she was found guilty of manslaughter. Um, she was she was found guilty on all counts. She looked at that rookie and said, "I'm finna do what's called a pro gamer move, 360 no scope." <laughs> God dog. She um. Craver. Yeah, wow. <laughs> she um. That's terrible. Very much so. She um. She was found guilty on all counts, and a lot of people are coming her defense and saying she made it. So again, this is I, I want to put this out there. I had a, a, a argument with someone on YouTube. I don't I don't I don't remember the individual's name, but coming to her defense, literally saying that she made a mistake. When do why don't people have mercy anymore? She made a mistake. That that was literally the argument. I mean, by that standard, so did R. Kelly. But but what hell what. <laughs> You can't make a mistake that many times. No, it was just one big one. <laughs> Jesus wow. Christ. It's like telling a lie, and then you got a lie to cover the lie, so and Matt, it just get bigger. Let me ask you, are you condoning R. Kelly right now? I ain't condoning either one of them. Oh. That clown that said this was a mistake, apparently he will. So my my issue is is that this clown, this person, I'll say clown, <laughs> this person said <laughs> that Bozo. She, um, she made a mistake, and we need to have mercy in regards to the situation. And then somebody was saying that she was trying to apprehend a dangerous criminal and she pulled out her gun and shot him back. But that was, that's was not crying. trying to apprehend anybody. That's called yeah. killing people. So, <laughs> trying to take him my down. Question, my question is, is that, again, it goes back to what we talked about previously. People really feel like there should not be consequences <clears throat> for your action, even if you made a mistake. But that's the thing. If you made a mistake is is one thing. And in, and even then, this is not just a simple mistake. So one of the, one of the persons- It's a deadly said, mistake. Per, per, one of the persons said, this is what one person said in the, in the argument. I laughed. Because it blew my mind. This person said that you know the difference between a gas pedal and a brake, but sometimes you accidentally hit the gas pedal when you meant to hit the brake. Yeah, true, hundred percent true. Somebody hit my car like that. Look, look, hundred (laughs) percent. But if you hit a person, if you run over an individual, you should be held accountable for that. Well, time out. Yeah, hundred percent. But then also in your situation, when that person hits your car. Their insurance had to pay for your car. And pay. their premium probably was. Somebody went up. had to pay for it. There was a consequence for the action. Consequences for mistakes. <laughs> exactly. You don't have, I don't understand why people feel as if, if if you make a mistake that there are no consequences for those actions. 
you still have consequences. Now, maybe the consequences shouldn't be that severe. They shouldn't be severe as if you did it on purpose. But that's what manslaughter is, people. <laughs> manslaughter is not murder. Manslaughter means that you unintentionally killed someone. That was not my intent, but exactly. it happened. So if somebody got drunk and cheated on their way, is that a mistake? Depends on how that went down. Yeah, no right. Because we're we're guys, um, so we can't be assaulted or anything, you know. So oh like he you, did it on you, you he see. did it on purpose. Oh <laughs> by by the world standard, he did that on purpose. Start, start calling you fit. <laughs> Don't you dare insult me like that. I'm I'm first of all, shut hey, up. I, I have a, I have a story about that with that lady. She said she slipped and fell on somebody's penis. Nah, anyway. <laughs> you, told, you told us that. Yeah, you told us that. We told that's that that's the funniest issue ever. Yeah, we were talking about that on another episode. Shaking my head. That's a mistake. Like, you slipped and fall. What you do? Slip and do a split <laughs> near out? Yeah, you said that same thing on another episode, too. Did I? Shaking my head. Yeah. Wow. Shaking my head. Shaking my head. Oh, man. Yeah, so. Um, how do y'all feel about that situation? Do you feel like the do you feel like her being guilty was she that's yes justified? She was, she was guilty, it's justified. Yes. Um now again, punishment, she should get the electric chair, death penalty. No. Nah. That's why it's manslaughter. You killed someone, accept the consequences. Plain and simple. Now, if they could prove that she planned on doing it from the jump, That'd be completely di- right. Completely different story. Correct. That's premeditated murder, actually. Right. Should be under First degree. Under the jail. But it's manslaughter. It is unfortunately. It's almost like uh, so people who go out on the Fourth of July and they they fire their guns in the air. Mm. If they killed somebody and that bullet was traced back over there, was a mistake? Yes. Should you get in trouble for it? Hundred percent. Yeah. The bullets got to come back down. Well, also because it's illegal to do that. So well, I'm just saying. Hundred <laughs> percent illegal. You don't do that. But I'm just saying. I mean, you know people it's, anyway. It's the, but I'm saying it's the same yeah. case. Did you mean to kill them? No. If the person you happened to, to kill was some weird pedophile, did you kill somebody who who's probably not the best person in the world? That's the sure. But that's karma. But <laughs> but, but the whole point is is you still did it because if you're not held accountable for your actions, why should anybody else? Yeah, gotcha. Hundred percent makes sense. All right, so um. I think we should get to the main topic, man, because I definitely want to talk about this. And uh, it's something I've been wanting to talk about for a couple of weeks. I think we had to skip around it because we had some better stuff come up. But uh, critical race theory. I don't know if you guys have read up on this or not. I didn't get a chance to read it. I was too busy setting up the cameras that Blaze didn't do. <laughs> That's why it's only two cameras. I was unnotified. And you liar. Everybody knew about this. So, uh, critical race theory. By the way, we got cameras now, so <laughs> keep an eye open for the YouTube channel. You get um, to see our actual reactions. Critical race theory. What's um, that mean? What do you guys know about critical race theory? Let me ask you guys that first. Like, what, what, what is your understanding? What is your idea of what it is? Now tell me. Go ahead, Blaze. I don't know, bro. I really know. I would have did some research. <laughs> well, I was gonna I was gonna read this thing, but again, I was too busy trying to set up these cameras. What what do y'all think it is? Like from what you've heard of critical race theory. <laughs> I'm still trying to read this thing. I'm sorry. I'll be trying to have intelligent conversations. I'm I'm again, y'all. He that's the thing, he had time to read it and just didn't. I was busy trying to set up for this. It's about like, <clears throat> for instance, on how they're trying to get rid of certain subjects in school okay, and trying not to make uh, make things about race all, 
all the time in school, like black history, yada, 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 all that stuff. Okay, cool. Max, what's your understanding of critical race? Don't read the definition at the top of the I'm not. Mac, be that Google it. Critical race theory is the core idea. I believe part of it, I can't say the whole okay. thing, but part of it is trying to say, trying to act like racism is normal. Okay. That is a, that for some reason it shouldn't be frowned upon. Okay. That is a normal everyday thing. Okay. So. Did, uh, did Columbus find the, find the United States? Anyway. No. That's, um, that's in critical race theory because yeah, they're trying to get rid of that. So basically. You can't um, find what was already there. Critical race theory. <laughs> basically says that race is a social construct mm-hmm. and that it's not 100% individual bias or prejudice. It's the it's embedded into our society and policies. So it's more so saying that all people are not racist. Well, all people are not racist, but the way we've established our society is racist in turn makes people seem racist. Nah, people just racist. What, 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 what? <laughs> well, no, well, that's, that's the thing. So, again, there's people poor to me that hate me just because I'm black. <laughs> but again, so you look, so again, you look at the situation, but, and that's what, and that's when you start thinking about critical race theory. And that's why I, I kind of wanted y'all to read it. That's so terrible. you can understand, like, so, and if you think about what they're saying, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because it's, it's not saying that all people are not necessarily racist, but the way the policies are designed at certain businesses make it racist. But the person that you're dealing with is not necessarily racist. That's not saying there's not racist people out there. True, but at the same time, you have, as an individual, if you don't, if you haven't developed tact, there's probably something that you should learn to develop. But again, it's not necessarily about tact. So again, when you start talking about these policies and things that they're talking about, they're talking about things like redlining. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with what redlining is, but let's say, for example, back in the night, was it 1930s? Anyway, um, back. Back after segregation, was when segregation was still active, mm-hmm. they literally banks and like um, governments and things of that nature would draw areas and they would map out areas where they weren't going to build new and affordable housing at simply because of the race and things of that nature. Right, that were living in that area. These were considered poverty stricken areas, so right. they weren't going to try to build these areas up. Right. So in turn, the people who were living there or the people who were coming out of those areas could also not get loans and stuff to build better housing. Right. So in turn, it made that area a poverty-stricken area. Right. So again, the people who were working at these banks, per se, were not necessarily racist people. But because of the addresses were in that district that they redlined, they couldn't get loans to build houses in the area. The thing with some of these people, and I'm not going to say this everybody as far as loans. Now, back in the 1930s, fine. I'm talking more so now because you still have people who have to, who can make the call the, as an individual sitting right there. I don't have to talk to my manager. I don't do anything. I can make the call whether or not you get this loan. But and again, it's, it's not necessarily an old policy stopping you from doing it. You're doing it based on, like you said, where they live. And, it's, and I'm doing it based on what I'm looking at, what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. or where you live. So at that point, it ain't necessarily the policy doing it. It's you as an individual making that choice. But it's it's still kind of policy because if you look at it, if you look at it from this standpoint, right, as a, as a business person, if I ran a bank and I'm looking at the area you live in and I know that property value decreases because of the amount of crime and stuff that goes on in that area, why would I give you a loan to build a house there? 
still your choice to do it. Yeah, but I mean that's that's bad business at that point. Depending on how you, there, there I was, no, I was just no gonna say depending on, on how you go and run it because the thing is, is if you know that person's not gonna pay it back at that point. Well, I mean, not, know, not, but there's not, no way to know that for certain unless you got a I'm history. Not, I'm not even saying I'm not even saying from a pay it back standpoint. I'm saying that as a business person, if, if if you're a business person, if you run a bank, right, right, and you know that you can give some, this person has immaculate credit, right, right, and they came to you and said, "Hey, I want to I want to build a house in this particular place." You look up this particular place, and it is, I'm talking about, top to bottom crime. Every time it's, it's people getting robbed, cars getting broken into, um, houses getting vandalized. Um, you've seen meth houses back there. You've seen all kind of drug. There was a drug bust down the street and all that different kind of stuff. But they want to build a house there. And you know that your property value is going to decrease and you're not going to be able to get the money back that you put into the house. So in that case, instead of, because now it's about the area and not necessarily about that individual person. So if what I would do if this was my business is, First, ask them why. What is what? Why are you picking this area to do this? And I will list all that same stuff. The value that what you're trying to do is going to go down. It's not going to go up. You're literally losing money. But if you get why multiple not, of the same people, same type of people doing that. But that's when I'm getting to the second part. Why not take this? Because we can give you the loan, but why not take this and build it over in this area? But that's what redlining is. That's well, just racist. But again, it's it's about the area, not the individual. It is about the area, but the area is still so again, the area is still a poverty stricken area. Right. So when you start looking at it, you're telling so again, if this is a a, a black person. Right. Well, if they got immaculate credit and it's not necessarily about I can't loan this individual the money, well, it's about the area he's trying to go in. I don't want him in that area. What if they want to build up their neighborhoods? And you need more than just one person to do that. I'm taking multiple. But where it's gonna start at? It's gonna I mean, start with one person. It's right? got to start with one person. Exactly. But if you get if but the thing is, is again, it's still up to you as an individual to make that call. Look, I can't give you, I can't well and, and good give you a loan for this area. The area is too crime stricken. I can't do that. But I'll tell you what, if you can get more people that want to build up a smaller section of this to help move that red line and help build this area up and do more for that area slowly over time, why not make that happen? But then, but but then the crazy thing. Okay, so I guess the question that I had to ask you then with that one is that that's again that's how the redlining. Is well, started. no, like I said, I understand how the redlining mm-hmm. started. But what I'm saying is, your in your example, it's not the individual; it's the area. So I'm not giving you this loan because you're black versus I'm not giving you a loan because you want to build a house in a crime stricken area. But but again, that's all based off critical race theory because again, what they're saying is that these poverty stricken areas have been denied exactly what you're doing now. So again, houses are one of the best ways to build up generational wealth. So if you take these areas and these people who live here who are poor, let's say somebody who does, let's say hypothetically somebody lives in a poor area, they work at a factory and they've saved up enough money to put a down payment on the house. And because they're redlined, they can't do it. So these areas stay poor. And that's why I'm saying they can try and get, try to come up with another a way to try and, and move this or end this. And the way you do that is to try to find like-minded individuals to invest in that same area. It's almost like trying to get a, a running a startup business. You go and one person is not just going to run the whole startup. You're going to get multiple investors. So if you want to try to build up an area, get multiple investors, like-minded individuals to go and follow through with this plan to build this area up. Yeah, but you're talking about houses, not a business. You're, you're, right, but you're it's, literally saying that you're trying to find multiple. And again, we're talking about a poverty-stricken area. So you're trying to find multiple people in a poverty-stricken area with perfect credit so that you can get them multiple loans to build up the area? 
I mean, if you work in a factory, and I guarantee you some of those people still live, live in the same area as you, mm-hmm. you don't work in a place that nobody else lives in your area. At I, least, I agree. And that's, and that's what I'm saying is, is instead of just, I feel like it's more up to, if you, have, if you have the individual power, and that's the biggest thing, if you're working in a bank and you have the individual power, it is up to you to say that yes or no. And, and if you just choose to say no because they live in a poverty-stricken area, I will put you more on the racist side. But if you don't even try to find a solution, look, this, this, and this. Because, again, now it's about the area and not because they're black. It's about this is a poor area, not because you come from a poor area. It's because you're going to make, a, and all honestly, a poor business decision by trying to put all this money in a poor area where you're going to lose that money. So instead of you doing it alone, let's get more people. And as a banker, I'm going to more likely have more money coming back to me. Because I have multiple people I'm giving loans to, earning interest off of that, and letting them build up the area. They get they build up the area. They get uh, it gets safer. Now so now that red line right. is going higher. Poverty is going down. The red line is moving and shrinking because now you get more and more people to start going over there and moving in. Don't even start with a house. If you not example you gave us a house, but don't even start with a house. Start with something. Uh, build up a, a house that's already there. Don't build a house. Take a house that's already there. Build it up a little bit. Turn it to an Airbnb. Something simple. Something quick for people moving through. Rent it out to college students that can't really get around like they, like they want to. Find another way to make this happen. Offer that if you're the banker and you really want to make this loan because you know it because this person has immaculate credit, offer another solution instead of just saying no. Because again, in this situation, it's about the, the place, not the person. Which is why I say it's not racist because I'm looking at it as a business standpoint, not because this person's black. But but inherently, what 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 you when you, and then again, this is talking about more so redlining as as a as a response to critical race theory. If you're specifically saying that this one person or these people have to build up this area in order to get a loan there, you have to find a way to make it, uh, what's what I'm looking for? You have to make it palatable to other people. Let me use that word. Right. Because the situation you run into is that, again, if you build an Airbnb in this area, right? You have to, in turn, guarantee that the people who are going to be living in this Airbnb or renting it out in this area are not going to go through the news, are not going to go through these different areas and read about this area and say, I don't want to do this. Well, again, that's what I'm saying. Find like-minded individuals versus just doing it alone. Again, but I mean, even if you start talking about like-minded individuals, it's a poverty stream. And I think I think that's where, to me, it's like- you I cast the people together. You're talking about like-minded individuals. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it still becomes a- it dials back to critical race theories again because you run the situation. So, for example, let's say let's take the other route with that situation, right? Let's say you say, "Hey, why do you want to build a house here? This area is a high, it's, it's high in in crime and everything like that. Why don't you move over here to where it's it's, it's less likely to happen?" At and when you start looking at those areas, those are more diverse areas, and a lot of times they have more people or non people of color or indigenous people. So then you're talking about saying, hey, you can't live with your people if you want to survive and live a good life. You have to move over here with these people. Which is a lot of times the situation you run into. Because again, you have people who live in one area of town and when they work hard and get money and stuff like that, they go move to the other side of town. They go move uptown. Exactly. They they they, they move uptown right. to, to, to where they're, they're, they're safer and things of that nature at that point. 
And they again, you don't end up you go back to the situation where you don't have a chance to build up your area because again, you, you make it out. out. Exactly, you make it out, and you can't go back and do that. Why you think rappers move out? Again, but you also got rappers that go back and try to build up their area. Unfortunately, R.I.P. Young Dog. Unfortunately, yes, that does, that has happened a couple times recently. But that, but uh, but so- but again, that's it has nothing to do with on the again the the banking side, red line side. That has nothing to do with that. If you as an individual build yourself up to get out of that area and you choose to turn your back on that area. That's your choice. It has nothing to do with that that bank. You chose to leave that area behind. If you got the money to go and go back and maybe teach the next group up how to I, how I did this to help them do the exact same thing, why not? Or like again, unfortunately, the last couple of Nipsey, you know, for example, go try to build up that area, try to help people get out of that area or make the area safer or better, and. I'm fortunate. Look what so, happened to. Him. So I'm gonna give you another example. So another part of critical race theory that they say is that um, they believe. Well, in this part of critical race theory, they say that racism is a part of everyday life. White or non-white people who don't intend to be racist can make decisions. What is non-white? Ain't that everybody else? Yeah, I mean that, that's, just, that's just the way they word it. Okay, <laughs> say it this way: white. And everybody else, <laughs> black, indigenous, or people of color, okay, can make decisions that fuel racism. Like what? So, for example, if um, let's say um, you were getting ready to go eat somewhere, mm-hmm. and you saw that that place was in a predominantly white area, okay, and you specifically chose not to eat there because it's a predominantly white area, okay, that fuels racism. Again, you're not racist. You deal with white people all the time. You know, and you have no issue with them, but the fact that you chose not to eat in this area because it's a predominantly white area fuels racism and it continues to build segregation. I mean, yeah, I can see that. It, and the same way as far as like we were talking about the house, it takes a few individuals. Now, me, I'm the type of person to walk in a place and don't care who's there. If I walk in there and it's a bunch of white people in there eating, I'm going to eat too. What if they, so call, you ne- what if they call you Negro as soon as you walk in the door? <laughs> So here's the thing. That's, I can, that's so fine. I'm gonna, not only if I get a good meal, I'm gonna get paid too. You gonna pay me to eat? <laughs> I have a, I had a, I had a, personal, and I'm coming back. And the funny thing is, I had a personal experience like this. It was actually my grandma's birthday, and we went somewhere. I can't remember the name of the restaurant. It was a while ago. Um, but again, we walked in the restaurant, and when we got there, it was predominantly white area. And when we walked in, when I say everybody, we're just sort of kind of staring like. That's fine. Stare. Are, y- are y'all lost? <laughs> is everything good? And granted, they weren't rude. They didn't do anything, but the stares were just like, oh, oh okay, are we not supposed to be in here? What like, y'all doing? Well, and, and and maybe it's because it's so rare for, for black people coming in. It's going to take one of the two sides to stop that. Mm-hmm. And, and in this case, it's going to take more of the black side to keep showing up so it becomes more commonplace so you don't look it's, it's not one of the things where it looks. I, I, I'm surprised to see a black person in here. Oh no, that's 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 commonplace. Yeah. So with critical race theory, and I'm gonna ask a question that's, that dives back into that, but I don't want to get too far off topic. But with critical race theory, here's the side that people are arguing. Basically, they're basically saying that um, schools are harping on race, and it's breeding people to believe that either what they are is bad. So there's one side that says. Um, 
one side that says you can't forget about the history of America. Slavery is slavery. It's part of what it's American history. It's yes. American history. You can't just erase that. You can't Correct. take that out of the curriculum. There's another side that says that's breeding racism. Exactly. It's, not breeding breeding that's breeding racism. it's not breeding racism. It's not breeding racism depending on how you let me, let me before you okay yeah, before, I would say before you say that because I would say depending on how you how you teach that I would say it won't because I can see how it would. So the question is, how can you teach that to not breed? In your opinion, because again, as as all of us being black individuals, half one is half. <laughs> he's all a, of us being he's black, an African American. <laughs> all of us being black individuals, most um, of us. The question the question becomes is that how do you teach that in a way that you don't breed racism? Because again, you start to wonder. And you start to say, hey, this is what happened in the history of America, and this is what, this is how America was built. This is why we don't do that again, because of how bad this was, the atrocities that this was. This is why we're trying to be better than that. This is why we, you have to learn this. History is bound to repeat itself if you don't know. So and here's the thing, though. But I, th- I think, again, you start, you start to look at that and you say, okay, cool. That's what that is, right? But then as you learn about history and you start to bring it more current, you start to see how it's trailed along. Right. And and now let's say some so of the, the white question, kids start to understand why some of the black people think the way they think. Why our reaction to certain things are the way they are. And some of them do. Again, you, they're not going to understand it because you're not the race. But you can understand why we react the way we do. But on the flip side, you all, uh, the issue you run into is that a lot of people are saying that with that, you're starting to make kids believe that being white is inherently bad. And that's why I'm saying it depends on how you teach that. Because being white is not bad. Doing the things that they did, hating somebody because of their race, something they cannot control, is the bad part. Just because you're white does not make you a bad person. You know, my ancestors, slaves. Your ancestors, probably slave masters. Don't make you as an individual bad. But, so the question becomes is that the issue that, and I think this is where this is where they're saying. I'm, I'm not saying I agree with them, right? But just giving you the argument on both sides, right? Where they're saying that the critical race theory is causing a problem is that your people, or as as non-indigenous people of color, as a white person, your people benefited from my people, and yet you guys are better off than we are. How can you correct that? And, that, and that's where the issue comes in, that because it, it, it starts. What you mean? So, for example, like most, so like if you do like research, they've 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 honestly said most wealth in white families comes from it dies back to slavery of some sort. And even if you so even if you take slavery out of it, so and this is another this is another argument to make. I forgot where I saw this at, but they say even if you take slavery out of it, right? Let's say you started off. Say you started off after um, slavery was abolished and it's just segregation, right? So don't don't think about slavery at all. Okay. Segregation forward. Again, we talk about houses and businesses and things of that nature. Being able to build generational wealth, we were denied those opportunities. You guys stuck together and because you had already built these structures and constructs, you then limited us from having these constructs. Or you paid us less, or you didn't allow us to do these things in certain areas, and now we don't have the same generational wealth that you have, and you continue to strive based off of that. But at no point where we again, so it's the they're basically saying that um, 
you started, we started a race at 12 o'clock, but you didn't let me start running until three. No, and I, I, I do understand I that. that. But I, at the same time, I can't set up there and harp on somebody who had zero control over that. They didn't do it. They had nothing to do with it. You can have a childhood friend that's white, and because they did come up better, maybe y'all ended up at the same school. They didn't go to a private school. They went to a public school. But they that's not you say they rich. Let's mm-hmm. just say they well enough off. Mm-hmm. Y'all went to the same school. Y'all been friends since kids. Mm-hmm. And then as you get older, you're learning about this history. Mm-hmm. It's not fair for this white kid to get harped on because he's white, because his family has that. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. His parents didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, odds are his grandparents ain't had nothing to do it, depending on, you know, because you get so yeah. far back, yeah. you know, you get a little funny. <laughs> but, you know, this if his, his it's not fair to them to do that. So it, then the question would be, so again, what people are saying, though, is that in that situation, if you know this is the case and there's a possibility that this happened, what are you doing to change that? How I mean, are you giving other people opportunities? So if you know you possibly could have benefited from something that was an atrocity, how are you going out of your way to give back to try to balance the scale? I mean, again, it's up to the individuals. Yeah. It's up. It's and, but again, some I, people I, sell I, land. Some people sell other other stuff. And as, as some people teach you how to go do all that. Yeah. If they learn how to do it, they're going to teach you right how to go and do that. And again, I can't say that that person is racist because. They choose to do or not to do that. That is their choice. I can't say, oh, you racist. Why? Your family's well off, and I'm black, and mine ain't, and you wouldn't teach me how to do No, that's not racist. I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying it is. I'm well, just, I'm, that, and that's why I'm, 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 and I'm, I'm probably be boiling it down way mm-hmm. too much, condensing it too much. But I'm just saying, that's what a lot of that sounds like, too, is you as an individual are well off, and my side's not. So you're racist because you didn't help us do better. Gotcha. Like that, that that's not fair because there maybe there's something I'm good at and and they're not. So am I racist because I refuse to teach them how to do that? No. And it, it's and nowadays you got the internet. You can literally learn to do anything. You learn to flip houses on it on YouTube alone. <laughs> you make dumb videos on YouTube and make money off that. Well, and, and see, again. like dancing at work. So, 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 if, that, so that part, that part. <laughs> if it's about just, if it's about just being better and well off, there are way too many avenues right now well, to well, learn so, to do this again, on your own. You, you still dial those things back to situations to where, so for example, if you just start talking about, you know, and again, they feel like this all ties into critical race theory, is that you have um, black indigenous people of color being limited or almost um, feeling as if their only avenue is through entertainment because they have less opportunities to do other things now. So that's why you say you have more, you, you see the NFL, the NBA, and things of that nation are predominantly black. That's because we're people of color naturally, we are literal natural born athletes. That's racist. That's not racist. That's medical fact. Black that's people, racist. muscle mass is denser. That's also why it's harder for us to swim. That's med- medically racist then. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> but but again, it, that, that's just that's our genetics. That's our DNA. We're that's that's literally how we're built. We are built faster and stronger than I know pretty much any other race. Than. I mean, I'm not saying that every all of them because I don't play basketball yeah, at I, all. Yeah, I don't either. So, uh, I know somebody who's stronger than. You. So the question. <laughs> all right, so all the right, situation. Then. You not happy. <laughs> so, but but again, the but the situation you run back into is that. The, uh, with that being said. You're still. They're saying that you have a limited, or you're 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 sort of kind of set to thrive at these points, and you and you even see in situations where a lot of times when political issues comes up, 
or, you know, certain things happen in the world, you see people start telling athletes to shut up and dribble and things of that nature. and Or shut up and play football or whatever like that. Yeah, but they tell them to shut up and play ball. They're not saying shut up, Blackie, go play ball. Yes, they are. That's, that's literally, that's literally, that's literally, oh, literally okay, what yeah. that is. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> that's, that, yeah, that's literally what that phrase came from. It's like shut up and dribble. It's like you're you're you don't have a they're essentially saying you don't have enough brain power to figure out what we're talking about. Just go play basketball and entertain us. So again, that and again, that all that dials back into critical race theory, saying that the way the structure is built is inherently racist, even though the people may not be. If somebody said that, no, they just straight up racist. Like, well, shut up and dribble. The ones who say that, especially if that's where they came from, no, they're just a hundred percent racist. I mean, when when is there not been a actor or a uh, uh, athlete or something who ain't political in some kind of way who don't throw in a, a political? They they've never said it to um, Matt Ryan, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, or anything of that nature. But they said it to LeBron. They never said it to Tom. Brady. But again, they this said Tom Brady. That's the kind of stuff you throw, you call them out on. And turn into an issue. Why is it you said all this to them, but not uh, you didn't say nothing to them, but not to me? So you, you sit there and be quiet about it. You're letting them do that. In these cases, open your mouth and say something. You care more about you care more about the race issues, or you care more about the paycheck because that's what it's going to come down to. Are you going to be so easily bought that you're going to let this racist just get away with whatever you want to say? Because again, at that point, it's your choice to do that. So are you work? You could be bought that way essentially because you're so worried about getting this paycheck that you're gonna keep your mouth shut and do exactly as you say. Gotcha. Like so a dancing monkey. So essentially, you're saying Colin Kaepernick is an example of standing up, standing up by kneeling down. <laughs> nah. Um. But but the point is is he he did not he didn't get bought. He kept doing what he believed. And the reason, he, and that's the crazy thing that I think I think a lot of people never looked into. The reason he kneeled is because a white military vet told him yep. to do that. Mm-hmm. Like they literally told him, he was like, what can I do that's, that wouldn't be seen as disrespectful? Yep. And he said, take a knee. And he literally did that. The person who told him to do that was a white military vet told him to take a knee. And that's what he been doing. He ain't get bought. But it's, yeah, yeah. That's just wild to me. So the other part of critical race theory that I, I, I've been seeing that I, I definitely want to talk about was the white people are inherently bad. And that's, and that's literally where the, the arguments come up. They've had multiple issues to where um, people have been teaching or they have been reading books that children were reading that have been given out of different schools were essentially saying that being white was bad and that as a white person, not as a white, but let me change that. As a black person, it's okay to be racist to racist people as an equity from to make it equal at that point. So that that's another argument that they have. <laughs> that gets for, nowhere. I'm just, I'm just telling you what they say. There's no progress in that. These are these are the different avenues of critical race theory. <laughs> you drinking poison and you wouldn't give me none, so I'm gonna drink poison. So now both of us poison. That's equal. Yeah. No, get out of here. Everybody dying. They're, but they're essentially saying... <laughs> no, that they ain't. Just the ones who drinking the poison. <laughs> they're essentially saying that... And I read this on Education Week. Um, they literally said that there are... Um, mm, how do they say? They're basically saying that being racist towards racist people balances it out, essentially. It doesn't. 
I'm just telling you. Because <laughs> I, I, I know, and it doesn't. Because if a white person is racist to me, that's not and, solving anything. And I go be racist. Now. Hang on, I go be racist to a different white person. Mm-hmm. All I done was make another racist. If it gets to that point, but that that other white person is not racist though. But they are now because if I if I do racist things to them and now they got in their mind that I don't like black people, so now they go do this. It's just literally, hate. Hate breeds hate. That's all it is. The best thing you can do to somebody racist, be nice to them. It's gonna piss them off. <laughs> be be overly nice to them. I don't like black food. All right, well I'll make you some chicken. <laughs> wow. And I'm bringing a tea for lunch. And if he throw it away, bring him something else the next I, day. I thought he was gonna say collard greens. I hate greens. Wow. But you eat grits. I love What's grits. Grits is delicious. <laughs> what is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You don't like grits. You don't like collard greens? No. I don't like watermelon either. Grits are amazing. I don't like watermelon, but my greens are crazy. Now, now who races? Because <laughs> I don't. Cause I don't like, <laughs> you ain't. Because grits ain't grits ain't a black thing. That's a southern thing. You Yankee. It tastes like dirt. It, it does not taste like dirt. You you was probably just eating dirt. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you this: Would y'all, if y'all have kids, would y'all let? How would y'all teach y'all kids about Columbus? I mean, exactly the way it played out. I mean, it, it 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 is what it is. I think so. I think that's where my issue comes. But my then that would be, wouldn't that be in critical race theory? Yeah, to understand. Yeah. So you would be teaching them about the teaching them about like what the genocide, the, gen- yeah. the genocide. Yeah. yeah, but they ain't teaching them to hate Italians. It could be. It's not. Well, I mean, so I think I think the could issue be. that or, so or the argument that a lot of people make people. a lot the argument he's Italian. The argument they, that they don't they don't say it, he's yeah. Italian in yeah. like middle but, school. But but that's again that's <laughs> the thing is Christopher Columbus. Oh, he's a white guy. No, he's Italian. They're white. They're white. They're Italian. <laughs> They're white. They're Italian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, so again, I get Usually what when you say white, you talk white. I get what you're saying, uh, but England and and I get what you're saying, but you also have to look at it from a standpoint of when you see a Dominican or. Uh, a Haitian and stuff like that. They don't say, "Oh, he's Haitian." He's black. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. He, he's black. He's black at the end of the day. I know, right? They don't look at light skinned people What's and say, pigment? "Oh, you're half." No, he's black. He's black. If you're not white, <laughs> but that's that's you're different. Black. As far as black, you you could be half black, have anything else, you're still black. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway. But if you have white, half something else, you're not white. You have whatever the other part is. No, you're black. You're black. No, I mean <laughs> saying like if it's half white, half Asian. Oh, they get called Asian. Asian. They're not called white. Depending on what they look like more. That is true. <laughs> um, you could be full Mexican and look white and you get called white. So so I guess the question I would have to ask is that... Um, I mean, I lost my question. But specifically, do you guys think that... Do you guys think that there's any... In, in society as a whole, race should play a factor in anything? Race should play a factor in anything? Yeah. No. I don't think so. I can't say no completely. Mm-hmm. I can't uh, because there are, for example, there are scholarships for if you have Native American, mm-hmm. if you are Native American, or if you have a certain percentage in your bloodline of Native American, you get a scholarship for that. Um, I don't feel like that's racist because, again, that was it was genocide. Um, so. Is giving them a chance to the few that are left, giving them a chance to go and do 
more things. So I can't say no completely, but not necessarily in a bad way. I don't feel like you should say you should base race on a, a, a like a job application. You shouldn't, uh, but they do affirmative action. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't say I feel like like the scholarship example. I, I like that. That's a thing. How do you? But that's outcast than everybody else, though. Yeah, it's not because I mean they it's, it's certain things anybody can apply for. I can't. It's like if I was in high school, that's all why I did, that's why all I, I did was be, work. No, all I, no, all I did was work in high school. I didn't play any sports. I didn't do after school well, activity. So, I went to work. I, so how fair is it if I go and get an athletic uh, scholarship when I'm not an athlete? It's not because then the people who who are athletes they lose out on that. So well, example, they're, they're, so, you're gonna have to break it up one way or the other. That doesn't deal with race, though. This. So I'm just using it as an example. I guess, I guess what they're saying. So, again, so, for example, like they, they have scholarships for low-income households, mm-hmm. specifically. Grants um, and all that grants, stuff, too. Yeah, grants and stuff right. like that, specifically for low-income households. Do you feel it's fair that just because somebody makes more money that they should, just because somebody's parents make more money, they should not be able to apply for that grant or scholarship? Yes, because... Is giving them a is giving the person who may not be able to completely afford this An to do that yeah. right. Your your parents are way better suited to be able to afford you to do this. But then then again that. But why should they outcast everybody else? Exactly. Too. Yeah, I mean, why why look, why John up the street can't get the same amount? What you mean? So for example, if you got a if you got a student. That if you got one student that's white, let's say, or in, in a high income family or whatever that nature, could be black, or could, or could be black, um, and they their parents are more well off and they can afford to pay for college, you're saying that they should have to come out of pocket, even though they have a just as good a student as person B who can't afford it. Not necessarily come out of pocket because again, there are grants and scholarships for a lot of different things. If you're looking at something that you know you're not gonna get, that's kind of on you for looking at this thing that you're. You're probably but, not gonna likely but, but to get. You literally have, but for example, like you literally you don't have, think it should be equal. The world ain't equal. Life ain't equal. That's that's plain and simple. That's what. Otherwise, we would have better white. Critical we? race. Is, that's what critical race theory is saying. But they seem to be applying <laughs> it in really dumb ways, though. That's the thing. It is as the reason I, I'm not a I'm not a fan of. I don't. I feel like I'm not a fan of a lot of that's being said. Is because I feel like there are a lot of factors that have nothing to do with race and are trying to make it about race. No, I mean there there are literally things that I, I think what what a lot of times happens is that people try to take a certain thing and take it out of context. Not necessarily you, but people take a certain thing and they try to take it away from the history that's behind it. So you can't say that you can't say that. Critical race theory doesn't apply, certain, and that's why I got upset about critical race theory because you can't say it doesn't apply when you have these situations that are documented that happened. You see what I'm saying? Right. So it's like we, I keep using redlining because it's just it's a it's an example that everybody knows about for the most part. Is that you know you stop people from getting housing and stuff like that. When you did that, it doesn't just stop it. The people you stop from getting houses, they had families. Those families, if you want another example, let's say Black Wall Street. Black Wall Street that was burnt down. Right. You had a thriving black community like you were talking about earlier. You had right. like-minded people right. who went and built up this society for black people. And the people that burned it down, nothing happened to them. Exactly. That's severely racist. And nothing happened to the people with the Boston Tea Party. You start talking about 
how's that racist? They did it to themselves. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it out there. So again, when you start talking about Black Wall Street and the things that happened with that, as you said, nothing happened to those people. That's what they're talking about in critical race theory, saying that the system is inherently racist because you have a situation where they burnt down a thriving black community and nothing happened to these people. You're talking about a system that where people that stormed the Capitol on January 6th had, but yet when people walked the streets and literally attacked random buildings in their own communities, they were there being shot, pepper spray, and all this other kind of stuff. They made it into the Capitol. You can't tell me that if, hypothetically speaking, I'm just saying, if, if black indigenous people of color would have went to the Capitol building and did that exact same thing. When 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 Black Lives Matters marched near, near mm-hmm. the Capitol building, they had armed guards outside waiting for them to cross. They did. Right. Yeah. But yet when they stormed the Capitol on the 6th, they were able to get in the building, sit down, and take souvenirs. You're not going to pull the gun on your own people. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but again, that's what they say. But kind of bass backwards. Exactly. So again, it's not saying that. Now, are you saying that all of those police officers that, that were black, that because that, there were black police officers there. Right. Are you saying that those police officers are racist against black people? Can't say for certain, but it's possible. Yeah, it's possible. But it's also possible that they were told to let it happen. Completely possible. But without that information, it's not fair to make a set. Correct. But what I'm getting at, though, is that it's it's the system at that point. Because, again, when you have have police officers. That's how it's cultivated. Exactly. When you have police officers that you tell, hey, go do this. You You got this march going on over here at Black Lives Matter, and they're doing this. Go take them and do whatever you have to do to stop them. And you're standing there with pepper spray and, and, and shields and stuff like that. It, how can you say that it's not inherently racist? You're handling the situation two different ways. But it also depends on who's calling the shots. That's that's the thing is, at that point, it's not the system. It is literally the person calling the shots. The system ain't racist. The individual who's saying, go go and make this happen, let them do what they want. If that same individual had those reactions, both of those, the person is racist. And the person, and, and if you, it's like you blaming a building for being racist because the person in charge of the building is the one that's racist. And no, I'm, I'm and I'm not you're saying you're blaming the system and you're blaming you're blaming the, the system, system that, that the people are building. And that's what I was getting to is I, I'm not saying that it's not a thing. I, I know that it's a thing. I know that this happens. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in a lot of cases, instead of pointing fingers at the individual who can control a lot of this, they don't do that. If you blame the system, there's no person to blame well, cause, cause versus blaming it. So if you had a police chief who had a nicer part of the neighborhood and a lower-end neighborhood, and they let the lower-end neighborhood destroy everything, but they found that you get near the nicer neighborhood, and now you got a barricade with guns and pepper straight and all this other stuff, why in the world is this police chief in charge? Why are y'all letting him stay there and do this? Like, that's that's what I'm saying. But the issue you run into is that that police chief has been working there for how long? So he's indoctrinated the police officers under him to mm-hmm. function in this manner. So even if you get rid of that police chief, guess what? You still got other police officers who act in this way because, again, you've started a system. So, again, even if you get rid of that one person, now you have— So it's, it's just like when you look at— uh, 
Man, what's name? I can't even think of the name of that movie right now, so I, I can't use that as an example. But you literally, that's literally how the system works is you have people put in place, and then when somebody else comes in and try to change it, they fight back and try to get, oh, well, this is how this works. I don't know if you ever watched um, Hard Lessons with Denzel Washington in it. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a perfect example where you had these, um, you had certain teachers at the, stu- the school who treated these kids a certain way. And Denzel Washington came in trying to say, hey, you can't handle kids in that manner. We need to figure out what's going on with these kids. And I mean, they were white teachers. They were younger black kids. And they were around bunch of stuff like that. But instead of trying to get along with the program to try to make the situation better and understand what the kids had going on, you had certain white teachers that just wanted to kick them out of school, throw them in jail or whatever of that nature and didn't want to give the program and started trying to figure out how can we make these kids actively involved in the situation. So even though they changed the principal, who was trying to recreate the system, you still had teachers that didn't want to fall in line with the system who continued to carry on what was already happening. I mean, and and I'm, again, I'm not saying it's an easy process, but that's why it takes work to go and do this. That's why it takes work to reform. Nobody's done reform overnight. Yeah. It takes work. And I feel like what happens a lot of times is people give up. Well, I think people give up because you have people in power who are not going to change. And that's where the situation comes in at, is that... Never. Exactly. And that, that's where the situation comes in at. I'm not going to say never, because uh, look at uh, uh, Atlanta. Um, uh, what's her... God, dog, I can't think of her name right Lance now. Lance Bottoms or Stacey Abrams? Um, Abrams. Okay. Which she did. Which she wasn't there doing. She did that really by herself and to the point, in, uh, and to the point where she's, she made change happen. Mm-hmm. And it started with just her, and then you re- and she kept going. She kept trying. She kept pushing, and she made change happen. Mm-hmm. Something like that starting there, why not try to expand that further out? It is up to them to keep doing that versus just, hey, I made this work. All right, I'm good here. All right, so you saw what Stacey Abrams did, right? Yeah. You saw what they did in reaction to that. Correct. They took the system and literally made it harder for her to do what she did. Right, but continue trying is what I'm saying. My thing is, if 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 you don't at least try, I can, you, you sitting there complaining and not trying to to change anything gets nothing done. But what I'm saying though is that if she's doing this and she's trying and she made it happen, and then, so it's literally like they say, moving the goalposts is that hey, I'm saying okay, here's a three point line, and we're not hitting it, so we're gonna train until we hit the three point line. Then as soon as I start making shots from the three point line, you move it back. All right, keep trying, keep going, keep training. Keep trying to make That's that new what three-point line. That's race theory talking about, man. <laughs> that's what again, critical race theory again, talking about. Is, and, but that's the thing, is at that point, you are giving up. You're not continuing you're to not push. You're not giving up. You're, you're literally saying that, how can I fight a system that's designed that's for me not to win? Yeah. It's, it's literally the definition of insanity, is that you're saying try, that I should try, keep doing try, the same try. thing over and over again. If it tried it and they changed it, that means they see you as a threat. That means you're doing something right. So if they see you as a threat and they try to change that to make your job harder, why not keep pushing? Why not find another way to get around there and do it anyway? Because they're just going to change it again. Keep going. Literally keep going. You're, you're, I've seen people. So you use the goalpost, a three-point shot. But, I've seen people make it from half court. So yeah, obviously it's possible. What I'm saying, though, is that you're literally. That's, but that's what critical race theory is essentially saying that. Again, we're running a race. You started at 12 o'clock. We started at 3 o'clock. And every time we try to finish, you move the goalpost. Or you move the finish line. That's essentially what critical race theory is saying. Saying that the system as a whole is designed 
to, to be to be racist and, and to be against against you know a certain a certain demographic of people. Maybe just because I've never run into a situation like that is why it's hard for me to grasp that. I've never run into a situation like that where because I was black, it didn't work out. I mean, I but. And again, this is this is more from a philosophical standpoint. I don't think anybody can definitively say that because even if it was because of that, you were never told that. Not most cases, it's because I, I said something somebody didn't like. Yeah, but then, but but what I'm saying though is that who's to say that if you were white and said the same thing that you wouldn't? Have, don't know for certain, but that's again, what I'm but again, I, but that's why I can't use critical race theory that because I feel like you're grasping at straws in this in that example I gave you grasping at straws. Well, no, it's like, not, oh, if you said that if you were white, you're not, then... You're not grasping that straws because they have documented proof to where two people, one black, one white, goes into a job and they have the same they have the same degrees and same qualifications that there's a higher probability that the white person to get hired than the black person will. So my thing is, why is nothing being done about the, those individuals? That's what I'm saying. It's a lot of complaining about that, but the hiring, let's say use the hiring manager because, because it is that person's job it's to hard do this. to prove that this is the reason that it was done. It is definitely not hard to prove yes, this is the reason it was done. 100%. It's not. Because, again, just like you said, there's documented cases of this. So if you go in there, you got the same hiring manager, mm-hmm. and you sitting in these same five groups of mm-hmm. the same, practically the same person, mm-hmm. and the only difference is is either race or let's, use, let's throw sex in there, mm-hmm. and the same statistic keep winning, mm-hmm. they need to be fired. Because obviously they only feel like this certain person should be here. Why can't it be because they're trying because to mirror the demographic? Yeah. It depends on, and that's what it depends on the, the the area. It depends on what's going on. So if they're only hiring, but that's what I'm saying. It's hard to prove. So again, you literally say that these people go in there, and let's say you're in a, you're, you're so again, you're talking about selling houses in a predominantly white area. No, I'm not saying. I'm I, just saying. I'm, no, I'm okay. just saying like you're talking about a real estate agent. Okay. So you have somebody coming in applying for a real estate agent job, and they're predominantly dealing with older white people, and you know that at times, older white people feel comfortable or more comfortable white people. with older white people or with white people. Is that wrong that they feel comfortable with white people? No. I mean, most people feel comfortable around their own around people. Their own. Correct. But again, you go back and say it like, there's hard to say that, that you're, you're saying that, that that's because it's racist. Now, am I saying that you can't do the job? No, I'm not saying you can't do the job. I'm saying that my customer base will feel more comfortable with this. Does that make you as an employer racist or does that make your customer base racist? Why can't you not explain your base, your, your customer base? If so... In using that same example, if the only people you keep hiring, let's say, are white men, mm-hmm. and you and only you only have this group, you're a certain you're literally aiming at this particular group. Mm-hmm. So why can you not expand your customer base? Why can you not have somebody black or a uh, or a woman there mm-hmm. and aim at another demographic? Aim at a single mom who's making six figures to go and sell over in this area. Because, so you put another woman. Because there. the issue you run into is at that point when you start to performance manage those people and they're literally just not getting sales because the demographic would rather deal with somebody else, then it becomes an issue of now the company's racist because you're trying to fire me because I'm not making you're, sales you're when the customer somebody else. Exactly, because the customers don't want to deal with me at this point. It's a exactly it's a vicious circle. That's what I'm saying. It's a cycle. It's a cycle. It's hard to prove. So you run into a situation where that's why I say is, and, that, and again, that's where critical race theory comes into a hole. It's it's literally saying that the system is designed in a certain way, so it's hard to get a, it's it's hard to try to change the system when it's designed that way, as as a whole. So you run into a situation to where, like people people say segregation is over. I don't believe segregation is over. Segregation is still alive. You have black people who live over here, white people who live over here, 
And when stuff starts to intermingle, it, it, it starts to get shaky and people start looking at people a certain way. And for example, you have a, a black person moving to a predominantly white neighborhood and black people like their music loud. All white people don't like their music loud in some cases. And they'll pinpoint that person because they like their music loud. Now, are they wrong for playing their music loud on there properly? Kinda, yeah. If you got na- if you got rules, it's their property. No, it's not. It depends on the area you move into. There's an HOA and they got noise rules. You can't do that. But who's to say the HOA is not designed to? It's just like it's just like when you start talking about restaurants who say, "Hey, you can't wear jerseys, you can't wear basketball caps, you can't wear Jordans, and things of that nature." Those rules are designed. To but those rules people- are not designed to keep black people out. In that case, you can play your music loud, but you ain't got to play it loud enough for every neighbor to hear. Loud and excessive are completely different. Well, well, no, I think the difference is that when you start looking at it, I've been in neighborhoods. I've been in neighborhoods to where they have, to where they have. Why your um, stuff breaking? <laughs> to where they have certain uh, rules and regulations in place, like you can't play music loud after this this time. But if it's a certain type of music, they don't mind it. If it ain't a bunch of bass thumping, they don't mind it. So 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 again, if I'm playing Michael Bublé Christmas music, you don't mind it. So you should be arrested just for playing. It. <laughs> but I'm just saying that that's that's how it is. But if I'm playing Jeezy, and that's it's, it's a problem. It's the problem if I'm driving down the street playing Jeezy and you don't like it because it's just bomb, 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 and all this other kind of stuff. But if it's Michael Bublé Christmas music, then oh, he's in the Christmas spirit. I mean, ain't no bass in Michael. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that's what I'm getting at, though, is that because you don't like it, the noise ordinance doesn't matter. It's because you don't like it. But again, then that's again that's something that you got to be able to prove. And that is actually really easy to prove. How? So if you got an individual who's always harping on like noise ordinance and you can prove that they're doing it because of my choice of music versus just the music in general, it's easy to prove that because they're literally going to go and complain about that. You can set something up to where I'm playing, like you said, Michael Buble, and they say nothing. But then when I go and turn this on, now it's a problem. You can prove that. That's easy to prove. That you literally have technology to prove that. You can literally record their reactions based on what it is that you're playing. That's not hard to, to prove. Whatsoever. Gotcha. Again, it's all about putting in the work. If you don't want to put in the work, then all you're doing is complaining. You're not getting anything done. But who wants to live their life doing that when they could just... You live your life doing that when you're in the situation. You're not always in that situation. But but in some cases there are people who are in those situations. Like right. They, but they again, move, but see these things like when you move into these houses, you have contracts and things of that nature. You correct. But you don't just sign up, you literally read the contract. Correct. But what I'm saying, you miss what I'm saying. What I'm saying though is that if I sign this contract, and again, I don't know the neighbors until I move into the area. I may talk to them once or twice and they seem cool when I talk to them and everything like that. But when I move in and sign these paperwork and now I'm locked into this house for five or ten years. Because I got to make these payments. But again, read the contract. If there is a noise ordinance where you can't play certain music after a certain hour and somebody else is doing it, guess what you can do? Report them. Just like they report you for doing it. If you choose not to do that, that's on you. Gotcha. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm just saying, like, don't, don't complain about something if you're not going to do nothing about to, to try to make it better. You sitting there complaining is literally getting nothing done. But see, but I think I think the difference is, is that you look at it from the standpoint of what bothers you versus what doesn't bother you. Because again, somebody can be playing loud loud music and it doesn't bother me. I'm not even thinking about loud it. Loud music. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they playing loud music and they they having a good time. I'm not worried about it. But then when I play loud music, it's an issue. So now every time they play loud music, even though it's not bothering me, I'm just reporting them to be petty. Some people don't live their life like that. But it's necessary if they're reporting you for playing 
loud music. So, for example, the way they do this is it's a decibel thing. Mm -hmm. It can't be over a certain decibel. Mm -hmm. If you can literally prove that they're doing over a certain decibel, and when you do it, and that's the thing is, it annoys them, so they report you. Yet you continue to do it. So why not report them if they're literally breaking the same rule? If I'm going to get fined for breaking that rule, nobody's finding them because nobody's reporting it. So they feel like they can get away with it because nobody said anything about it. It's just like kids. Kids will do something that they, if they know no, they're not going to get in trouble for it, they'll do it and they'll push the envelope and keep doing it and get exponentially worse because ain't nobody had consequences for it. Yet they also are the first ones to go snitch on somebody else as soon as it happens. If you don't give them, if there's no consequence for their actions, they're going to continue doing it. So if you're not going to report them for doing that, even though they report you every time you do it, all you're doing is complaining. I agree. I definitely agree with you. But again, I think you also have to look at it from a standpoint of when you start talking about being segregated in an area, you start that you start kind of have to pick your fights differently and stuff like that. So again, if and at the same time, it's also again your job as an individual do your research in the area that you're moving in. Gotcha. I would I would definitely say that that is that it make no sense to me that somebody would go and move into a, a neighborhood and sign the paperwork for this house mm. and you did zero research on the area that you're moving into. Gotcha. Yeah, you're right. Well, that's our topic on critical race theory. I mean, we could talk about this forever, so I don't want to, you know, keep going over it and stuff like that. But um, definitely looking at critical race theory, I would like, I would love to know what people think about it. I definitely think it's a good topic for. I, I think it should be taught in schools, but very um, tact from from a tactful standpoint. The light version. Yeah, I definitely think you should. It should be a light version of what it is. I don't think you should get so deep into other things. I think just knowing the history of what happened in America and stuff like that is definitely a good idea, but I don't think you should deep dive into um, stuff that could possibly start breeding hate amongst each other. That was attacked. You got to know how to do something. Well, I, I think we, you don't just go in there and be like, "Black people were slaves. It was all white people's fault," yeah, and then stare at all the white I, kids. I think I think the issue run into with that though is that you can't control how people react to those type of things correct you cannot control that but it's also now i would say it's a combination of the parents and the teacher with their what they're going to react uh, uh, what normally they have a bigger reaction to is how you're presenting this if you present in a hateful way you can't be surprised when people get pissed off yeah. like because that's how you're presenting it look this is america's history this is everybody's history mm. things were done that america is not proud of not at all. Same with Germany. Mm. <laughs> and Germany literally went to Shut up. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> I said Germany, boy. No, I'm just, but Germany actually like literally issued an apology for uh, the Holocaust. Mm. And did, they're did still. Did America ever apologize? And, they, they actually did. I got to find when they officially did that. I need to see that. But they, they did. But there are people out there who say the Holocaust didn't happen mm. because they're not teaching it. So you got people growing up believing that it never happened. Because they refuse to teach it. Yeah. Why are you not teaching this? That's world history. That is literally something that happened. But because you're not teaching it, you got people who don't believe it's real. And again, you don't learn your history, you're bound to repeat it. Yeah. Well, yeah, so definitely do your research on critical race theory. I think everybody should uh, look into that and just see how they feel about it. Because it's definitely a real thing. Um, and just really how you feel about it is what matters. Um, but on to our Florida Man segment. Blaze, what we got for Florida Man? 
You didn't say it, Mac. I don't fact, like the fact that he just like stared at me first. <laughs> Florida man, Florida man, Florida man, Florida, Florida man. man. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what we got this time. It says Florida man dances on police vehicle to ward off vampires. <laughs> to ward off. Suspect told deputies he danced on the SUV because a woman with fangs warned him about vampires planning a human sacrifice. What kind of dancer was he doing? Apparently, he was dancing, performing dance routines to songs including Hall and Oates' Rich Girl and Super Tramp's Goodbye Stranger. Wow. He was arrested on disturbing a piece of criminal <laughs> mischief. Facts. <laughs> Facts. So, yeah. They have a whole video. It's an eight-minute video. Oh, I would wow. send you out a video, but he's literally on top dancing. He's the, so Dirty dancing on top of He was history. justified. He was protecting everybody. You know why? Because he was crit walking. You know why he was Crip walking? He was not crip guess, walking. guess who don't come around Crips? Bloods. All right? Guess who like Bloods? Vampires. <laughs> all right? He was protected, y'all, and y'all arrested that man. So when you get bit by a vampire, it was y'all fault for arresting him. I imagine you correlated all that together. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that what I'm supposed to be doing, explaining? I'm really upset about that. Actually. You act as it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's ridiculous. <laughs> That, wow. Don't get mad because it makes sense. That was in Cape Coral. You know where that's at? Mm-hmm. Cape Coral. Corral. Yeah, they say it right. It's Coral. Cape Coral. It is not Coral. This ain't SpongeBob. <laughs> it's Cape Coral. And then there's another one. Another one that just happened three, a couple days ago. Is Crimson back? No. Oh, okay. No, he's not back. I'm still waiting. He's not I'm, back yet. I'm no. expecting that to happen. This is a Florida man stabs himself with a sword after he falls off his bike. On purpose? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. He fell and accidentally stabbed himself. That's what, yeah. Literally. What, a sword? Why is he carrying a sword? <laughs> it says no word yet on what kind of sword and why the man was carrying it. Was he black or white? They will update. They, they don't say. Critical race theories. No, no, no. Because <laughs> I got a reason. I, got a, I had a reason for asking that. <laughs> it says I, an adult male was riding a bike when he fell off and stabbed himself with the blade on accident. Now, he got rushed by... It Airplane depend, dep- depends on center. it does depend on if he's black or white. If he black, vampires. All right, it was Blade. Where <laughs> 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 you seen Blade riding the bike? Where have you seen this? Are you talking about bicycle was, or was, motorcycle? You bicycle. Know, okay, you he ain't saying that. He was trying to get the Cape Corral <laughs> so he could talk to the dude dancing on top of him. <laughs> Apparently, he had the sword in his backpack. It was attached to his backpack. So it's Blade, little cousin, who was trying to hurry up and help him. <laughs> and that's only if he black. If he white, he was a Highlander. Okay? And <laughs> <What>? <laughs> He's a Highlander. Highlander? And I've, that, I've seen, I've okay. seen Highlander, yeah. And there can be only one. And he was going to cut off somebody else's head, but he tripped. <laughs> I hate y'all. <laughs> y'all. Y'all are crazy. There's something wrong with y'all. Should I tell you, somebody put out a chart talking about uh, if the U.S. was broken in the Hunger Games zone between Florida and Georgia, we got everybody beat. Yeah. Side effect. Yeah, crazy on that one. All right, man. Well, you know, that's another episode of Calm Down and Sony Opinion. And remember, if you find yourself pissed off or getting upset, you know, calm down. It's only an opinion. Mm-hmm. And I'm your host, Grim. Blaze. Blaze. I was just waiting to see if he's going to do anything else. Blaze. <sighs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it until you say stop. Pause. Blaze. Wow. <laughs> Good night, everybody. (laughs) See y'all next week.